Good morning. How is everybody? Excellent. So glad that you're here. The, the cool thing about today is that not only am I the campus development pastor here at Revolution, but I'm also the Jasper campus pastor. So this is a huge day for, for me um, as we celebrate our, our one-year anniversary. W- would you do something? Would you just help me celebrate what God is doing in Jasper? It, it has been so exciting to see um, what God has, has done with our church as, we, as we've multiplied to another campus, um, not far from, from this campus. And it, man, we've just seen so many people come and get plugged in, and, and we've seen people saved. We're going to baptize next weekend at, at, at both locations. Um, so it's a, it's a really exciting time to be a part of Revolution and definitely a lot to celebrate. So I get the privilege today of, of wrapping up this generosity series which has been phenomenal. And the reason I I have loved this series is because it has been the glue that is is sticking this vision that God has given us for our, our church together. Because without generosity, we can't fulfill the vision that God has given us. I really feel like that Generosity is the engine that is going to drive the vehicle of vision for our church forward. And not only for our church, but generosity is, is the engine that is going to drive the vision for our own individual lives. Because if we don't have generosity and if we don't have our, engine, our, our generosity engine tuned up, it's not going to run as efficient and as, as quickly as it needs to run to fulfill the opportunities that God has given us and is going to give us in the future to reach more and more people for Jesus. And here's the deal. As we multiply, and and we've we've multiplied in in Kenya. We've planted two churches in Kenya this year. Last year, we we got to do a campus in in Jasper. And and we we are going out further than that. And if you and I can grasp what it means to live out God's generosity, we will begin to see multiplication happen at an unbelievable rate. Not only in our church, but in our families, in our businesses, and whatever God gives us the opportunity to be a part of. So we're going to dive in this morning. If you got your Bibles, we are going to Luke chapter 6, and we're going to be in two verses this morning in, in Luke, um, and, and we are going to be reading some red letters this morning. So we're, we are going to, we're going to let Jesus teach us about generosity, because who better to teach us about generosity than Jesus? And if we, if we dive into this, cause, and we're only looking at two verses this morning, but man, when you start picking apart What Jesus is teaching us, especially in this passage, it gets real deep, real fast. So we've got a lot to to pull out of these two verses to help us to begin to tune up this generosity engine that we have so that we can begin to, to move towards the vision that God has given us. All right, start in verse 37. Judge not, and you will not be judged. 
Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So one thing we've got to point out that Jesus is specifically talking about right now is he is talking about our human relationships. So this is not some abstract thought that Jesus is giving us here. And I know this seems kind of obvious, but I've got to give some framework here because Jesus is specifically speaking to the things that you and I encounter every day, the people that we are going and the conversations that we're going to have every single day. This is what Jesus is addressing because until it becomes a part of reality for us, we will never make the transition to live out this kind of generosity that Jesus is gonna teach us. Because what he's saying is is that your relationships matter because you matter to me and I have demonstrated this to you. Your relationships with other people matter. How you treat them, how you act towards the people around you, how you serve them matters. Jesus here is is giving us a clear action plan of what it means to be generous. Now, I, I want us to understand something. Generosity is a pie, and a small portion of that pie is our finances, okay? There is a big piece that, that is not dealing with our finances, but is more about the heart of who we are and, and how we treat people and how we act. That defines our generosity. Now, finances are a, are a small piece of that, but sometimes we miss the rest of the pie because we get so focused on the, our generosity is just our finances. And we've got to dispel that myth because Jesus is. Jesus is specifically talking about here the rest of the pie. Because if we get this, we can get the rest of what Jesus wants to teach us. Jesus is specifically teaching us here that generosity goes first. Generosity goes first. He says, judge not and you won't be judged. Condemn not and you won't be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Generosity goes first. That's the nature of God's generosity. Now, so many times the nature of our own generosity is that, well, if you don't judge me, then I won't judge you. If you won't condemn me, then I won't condemn you. If you'll forgive me for my wrongs, then I'll forgive you for your wrongs. But Jesus completely is turning this on its head and he says generosity, God's generosity always goes first. Verse 38, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your lap. For the measure you use it will be measured back to you. 
So we're gonna camp out on this verse for the rest of our time here. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna, in this passage, we're gonna pick it apart. We're gonna exegete this passage a little bit and we're gonna figure out exactly what Jesus is saying because there's so much in just these few words that Jesus teaches us about the process of developing generosity in us. Verse 38, give and it will be given to you. And then he gets to two words that are highly important for us to understand God's generosity. He says, good measure. Now, what is Jesus saying? Obvious. We need a good measurement. We need to measure our generosity. We need to know what the win is. Because if we don't measure it, then how do we know if we are or are not generous? The Bible talks so much about generosity and giving, it's ridiculous. I would argue that the whole book is about God's generosity. From cover to cover, Everything that the Bible talks about is how gracious and generous God is to you and I. And he gives us parameters all throughout the Bible that set us up to know if we are generous or not. I'm gonna tell you a story real quick. So my daughter a couple years ago, my daughter is 13. Y'all can go ahead and pray now. It's cool. She's a great kid. I, I love her. She is, uh, she is me in a girl's body, okay, which is very scary for a dad. But a couple years ago, she wanted to start baking. And she went to my, my wife and said, hey, I, I want to bake some brownies. And, you know, Christy's like, okay, uh, you, you can bake some brownies. Uh, I'll help you, and, and Nina, being my daughter, no, 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 I want to do it by myself. I want to do it on my own. Okay. So Christy kind of helped her get some stuff together and, you know, whatever. And she put these brownies together, and, and Christy's not far, you know, she, she's still there with her, but, you know, allowing Nina as much room to make these brownies as possible. So she's in there, she's making these brownies, and everything's looking great. She sticks in the oven. And I come in about this time. I'm not going to come in during the making of the brownies. You know, timing is everything. Come in when the brownies are done. So I step in and I was like, man, that smells so good. We get the brownies out, you know, put them on the countertop. And I was like, they started telling me that Nina made these brownies. And I'm like, she by herself? Yes, she made these brownies. But I was like, we need to get her on one of these cooking shows, you know? I mean, they were absolutely beautiful. I took the knife and I cut into it. You know, it was gooey like brownies are supposed to be. You know, I, I cut in, I put it on my plate, took my fork. I was so excited, man, it's gonna be so good. I stuck it in my mouth. It was the saltiest thing I've ever tasted in my entire life. Now, the recipe, it called for salt, a pinch of salt. What had happened was she had got the sugar and the salt mixed up. But there's so many times for us and how we display generosity and how we live out generosity that 
we get things backwards. And what I mean by that is so many times we, we start cooking our generosity on our feelings. We start putting together a recipe of generosity on, on maybe how we feel instead of what God tells us. And when we start doing that, the outcome is not going to be what we originally desired. And what happens is, is that when, when we get to the end and, and we think that there's going to be this outcome of generosity and, and we've based it off these external factors instead of the word of God, things get real salty. See what I did there? But what Jesus is saying is, I've given you a good measurement. If you will take my example of generosity, you have a good measurement. I'm going to give you a few this morning. One is tithing. And the reason I give you this is because you need to know as a believer what the word of God says about tithing. Because if we're not tithing, if we're not returning 10% of what God tells us is his and not ours, we haven't even gotten to generosity yet. Because Malachi says that we are robbing God. Because the tithe is a return of what is already his. And when we get past that, we begin to get to the point of positioning ourselves for God to use us to be generous to those around us. Are you a cheerful giver? Do you give cheerfully? Are you excited when you get the opportunity to bless somebody else? Or is it, oh, we gotta do this again. Is it begrudging? That's not God's generosity. When we have the opportunity, or do we take the opportunity to serve those around us? To see a need that somebody has and meet that need in the hopes of being able to not meet, not only meet a physical need, but be, meet a spiritual need as well. Do we take those opportunities? Do we step in them with joy that God, you have given me so much that I get to give somebody else something? in hopes that I get to communicate your love to them. Now Jesus gives us some, some good ways to measure it and I don't, even, I don't have time to get to, to all of them, obviously. But God gives us incredible ways to measure our generosity. And all of it's based on his love for you and I. So God says generosity goes first. Generosity should be measured. And then he takes it one step further. He says, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Well, God, you already gave me a measurement, and now you want me to add to it? That's exactly right. 
You've already given me something that I'm supposed to get to and now you want me to put more in there and and shake it down so it's overflowing? That's exactly right. Yep. I had a, when I was a teenager, most of you guys in the room probably remember this time. If you have teenagers, you you remember this time, right? You know what, what I'm talking about right now. Every afternoon, I would come home, I mean, absolutely as hungry as I could be. I mean, hangry. It was awful. I would fix myself four peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I'd eat half a bag of potato chips and drink half a gallon of milk. It was a lot of food. And then I'd be hungry two hours later. Anybody got teenagers in here? They eating you out of house and home? Yep. Yep. We got one in the back. She is. Uh Uh-huh. I was hungry. Every every day we'd go into the the lunchroom and and get food. And there was this lunch lady, and I loved her to death. Her name was Miss Pat. Oh, she was the best. She was in charge of fries and milkshakes. And at that time, obviously, my love language was food, and pretty much still is. But at that time, I walk into the I walk into the cafeteria, and Miss Pat, I'd see her in the line, and I'd I'd be so excited. I'd get up there, and Miss Pat, your hair looks so nice today. Did, <laughs> is that a new sweater vest that you got? And I just have a, you know, I just have a conversation. She was the sweetest lady in the whole world. And, and we'd just have a conversation, and she would double fist those fries. I mean, she'd just pile them on my plate. I loved Miss Pat. <laughs> Everybody loves to get extra. What does it make you feel like when somebody, not ju- they don't just give you the minimum? Man, they go above and beyond. They give you just, just a little bit extra. What it does is it makes us feel like we are so valued because we weren't just given the minimum. We were given love's portion. Not just what we needed to get by, but we were given extra. This is what Jesus is is telling us generosity. His generosity looks like towards us. And the cool thing about this whole scenario is that in this time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they hated Jesus for statements like this. Absolutely hated him. Because he came and he, he made statements like this based on his authority. Like, like he, he, he owned it. He did own it. Because he was fully God and fully man. And when he made statements like this, they weren't just because it, it sounded great. It's because he had already demonstrated it. He had already shown his love. And everything that had led up to this point had demonstrated how much God loves you and I and was about to culminate in the sacrifice of his son Jesus on the cross that would be the ultimate act generosity. God was about to press it down, shake it together until it was absolutely all overflowing on you and I. This next statement blew my mind this week. And I've, I've, I've read this passage so many times 
and I had never picked this apart before. It says, will be put into your lap. So pressed down, shaken together, overflowing, will be put into your lap. Let me tell you something really quick about studying the Bible that I have found. If there's ever a point that you come to a statement and you say, you know, I just don't really, I don't, I don't really get that. Don't pass it over. Don't pass it over. Because there's so many times that if you will start digging in just a little bit, your mind will be blown. Because mine was. This statement that Jesus is making right here is a cultural statement that everybody in, in, that, in the ancient world understood, but doesn't necessarily in this language translate the same. And I began to dig into this and realized what Jesus meant. And it turned this whole thing upside down. Jesus was making a cultural reference here because back in the ancient world, they did not have pockets. They didn't have pockets. They wore robes and they had this piece of cloth that would come across the front of their robe that they would store things in. And this is the reference that Jesus is giving here. He's saying that what happens when we press down and we shake together and we begin to give, that God's going to fill our pockets. Now, I want us to get to, we have to understand what he means by this. And I, I, I used some good hermeneutics and, and tried to make sure that, that this was working right because I didn't, I didn't just come up with this on my own, but this comes out of how Jesus' teaching is on generosity. And I put it together and I, I call it the pocket principle. And if we can understand this pocket principle, then we will understand what it looks like to live out every single day the generosity that God is giving us to live out. There are three things that we have to understand about the pocket principle. Number one, pockets are temporary. Pockets are not designed to be long-term storage. Pockets are not designed to be long-term storage. Now, just about everybody knows what happens when you leave a piece of chocolate in your pocket and you throw it in the washing machine, right? When you reach into that pocket next time, it's nice and ooey gooey, right? Pockets are not meant for long-term storage. They're meant for, for, for just a short amount of time. Number two, transferable. Things in your pockets are easily transferable to whoever is around you. I can pull out of what's in my pockets and easily give that to whoever is around me. The last thing, pockets are tactical. Pockets are used to carry out a specific mission you have been given for that day. Now, why is this so significant? Because 
what Jesus is pointing out is your significance is not found, your security is not found in the stuff that you have. Because for a lot of us, what we want to do is we want to take the blessings of God and we want to lock it behind a two-foot thick concrete wall. So nobody gets to them, nobody touches them, it's mine. And we want to take and find our significance and our security in the blessings of God and not the person of God. Anybody going to say amen? amen? Thank you. And we were never meant to find our significance and our fulfillment in the things that God gives us. What he's saying is, is that what he blesses us with should be easily transferable when the opportunity comes to display real value. To show what real value is. When we live our lives this way, we begin to put value on what will last for generations and we devalue what can disappear in the blink of an eye. Anybody remember the stock market just a few weeks ago? I mean, folks lost their mind. People, I had people calling me all day that day. What do I do? What do I do? You need to calm down is what you need to do. But we find our significance in our stuff. Because we feel like that that's going to give us the security that we need and the significance that we need and the value that we need. But it's all a lie. Because it can be taken away from each and every one of us in an instant. Jesus closes this verse out with this statement. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. So he says, if you want to live a rich life, if you want to have a rich life, Fill someone else's pockets. And then your pockets will be filled. And then you fill somebody else's pockets. Your pockets will be filled. Fill somebody else's pockets. And then your security is not found anymore. You get set free from that, those chains in that prison. And your security gets found in the only one that can sustain you, and that is Jesus Christ. I'm gonna ask our, our host team to come down, and we're gonna do something pretty awesome this morning. They're gonna come back down with the offering buckets, and in these buckets, 
We've got envelopes. And what we want to do with these envelopes is, is we want to give you an opportunity to practice the pocket principle. So, the, and this is not an end to, to what we want or want, we pray that God will do, but this, I, we hope, is just a beginning. So as they, as they pass these out, I, I want you to understand that if we can get to the point that we are living out this kind of pocket principle generosity, we will begin to start a wave and a movement of generosity that becomes viral. Because I know, and we can see this in scripture, that, that generosity is contagious. It moves from person to person. That when we are generous to somebody else, when we share our generosity and, we, and people get to experience what we've experienced, not only from a physical sense when we meet their physical needs, but they get to experience the, the spiritual awakening that God gives us when he comes into our life. That person takes it to the next person and the next person and the next person. Now this is one per household. I want you to take one per household. And what we're gonna do is we wanna see God start a movement of generosity that comes out of our church. So in this envelope, when, when you get it, there's gonna be three invite cards and a $20 bill. Now we've given every family, every household, these envelopes today, here in Canton and in Jasper. And what we want you to do is we want you to pray that God would put an opportunity in your path this week for you to bless somebody else. And not only to bless them with maybe this $20, but we want you to open up and say, God, how do I press this down and shake it together so it's overflowing? And that may mean that you give them a $20 bill and you share your story with them. Invite them to come to Easter services next weekend. Maybe God's calling you to double that and give it to somebody. Maybe God's calling you to triple it or times it and give it to somebody else. What we're asking is that you pray that God would be clear with you and give you an opportunity this week to meet somebody's physical need with a goal of meeting their spiritual need. Today's Palm Sunday. And what we recognize on this Sunday is when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, and they, 
They wanted to make him king. They wanted to make him king. They wanted to put him on a throne. They wanted him to, to overthrow the empire that was, that was in place at that time to relieve them from their oppression. That's what they wanted from Jesus. But Jesus said, no, that's not good enough. Because what they wanted from Jesus was to give them their, just their comfort physically. And Jesus would have been an incredible king. We would have probably talked about him for generations as an incredible king for that time. But Jesus loved you so much that it wasn't good enough. The gift wasn't enough. Because Jesus wasn't after his own significance. He wasn't after a title. But Jesus took what he had and what he was sent to do. And he transferred that generosity to you. So instead of impacting, affecting that one period of time, that one generation, he affected all of them. Because he wasn't willing to compromise on the generosity of his father. Because he didn't value a title. He didn't value significance. He didn't value the riches that he would have gotten from being a king. What he valued was you. What he valued was me. And by him sitting on an earthly throne, he was never going to be able to get to you sitting here today. And that wasn't good enough. He had to get to you. So he transferred all of that on to you because of what he did on the cross and the sacrifice that he made with his life. The thing that we have to understand about God's generosity is that we have to know the nature of of how God gives before we can give in God's nature. We have to know the nature of how God gives before we can ever give in God's nature. So this morning, if, if you're here and, and you've never trusted Christ, if you've never surrendered your life to him, if you've, if you've never accepted the gift of salvation, that was paid for you on the cross, there's no way for us to be able to live out God's generosity if we've never experienced his generosity. This morning for believers in the room, I'm praying 
that this morning starts a movement of God's generosity. That maybe the recipe that we've been, we've been operating off for a long time, maybe it hadn't been pressed down, shaken together and overflowing. Maybe, it's, it's, maybe we've been living generosity just enough. Or maybe this morning we just, we've just tried to put on a good show. That, that we look good on the outside, but there's, there's nothing going on on the inside. Or, or maybe that we've been caught in the trap that our significance is found in how much stuff we have and how much money we have in our bank account. That's all a lie. And Jesus wants to set some of us free this morning from that. Because you will never experience true joy until we begin to live out God's generosity. Would you pray with me this morning? God, I am uh, I'm asking with all that I have this morning that God, that you would open up our eyes. That our comfort, our purpose, our significance is not found in anything else but you. Everything else can be burned up and, and, and stolen from us and, and taken from us and gone in, in just a moment. God, but your word tells us that you never, never leave us or forsake us. And that everything that we truly are is found in you. And God, we have been given a purpose. If we are yours, we've been given a purpose to take that message to the ends of the earth. To spare no expense to go after those who are lost And God, I pray today that through an opportunity that, that we've been given this morning to maybe take a small $20 bill, which is not significant, God, but man, it can be in your hands. And that you would use us in this place to start a movement of generosity that reaches to the four corners of the earth with what's truly valuable, and that is your word. God, I pray for anybody in the room that doesn't know your generosity, that has never asked Jesus to come and change them from the inside out to wash away the sin and shame that they have worn for so long and to clothe them with righteousness for your name's sake. God, I pray for those that are in this room that have never experienced your generosity. God, I pray that they would take a hold of it this morning and they would get to experience the love of a generous father 
that values them above anything else. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, if that's you sitting in the room, it's time. God wants to set you free more than anything in this world. He wants his children back. And if you have never taken the opportunity, you've never had the opportunity, you have it today. God wants you to invite, wants to invite you into his family to give you a seat at his table. If that's you this morning, would, would you pray with me real quick? It goes like this. God, thank you for being generous to me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross to set me free. Thank you for valuing me so much that you're willing to pay for my very life. If that's you this morning and you prayed that prayer, and and it's not about the prayer, it, it is about a longing for Jesus to change your life and to follow him, to repent and turn to him. If that's you and you prayed that this morning, would you just slip your hand up? Slip your hand up. We got a gift that we want to put in your hand. We got we have some resources that we want to give you to help you on your next next steps. If if you did that, raise your hand and leave it up so they can give you that. For the rest of us in the room today. Take this challenge. Take this small tool that that we have given you today and use it to be generous to somebody else that desperately needs it, that God's going to put in your path this week. And don't stop there. Make this the beginning that whenever God calls you to be generous to somebody else that It's all waiting in your pockets to transfer it to somebody else. It's all waiting right at your fingertips to say, God, you own it, not me. It's yours, not mine. The value is on someone's life, not the stuff that I have. I'll gladly give whatever you've asked me to give. God, thank you for loving us enough to not leave us empty that you fill us up God so we can fill others up God I pray that today that you would be glorified through the stories that are told of how you took $20 and you multiplied it into eternal life in the lives of the people that are going to be impacted by those who sit in these seats we love you and we thank you In Jesus' name, amen.